Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And so I have an assignment this morning, and that's why I wanted to do the altar ministry like this right now and we'll have another altar ministry at the end um but i want i need to speak to you today an assignment as we are headed into our seventh year of sustained revival can we give jesus praise for the grace the grace we give him praise for the grace amen to be standing here six full complete years later in revival come on Revival being the sustained presence and power of God, watch, that results in transformation. Transformation of lives and transformation of the land, meaning nations. I pray as we sang today, sung today, whatever, God shake the nations. Shake the nations with your glory specifically the burden that I have for America, that this house has for America. I need to speak into our next uh, leg, if you will, of this assignment of sustained revival. So as you're going back to your seats, I want you to ask two or three people, do you hear the Macedonian call today? Come on. Okay, quickly make your ways back to your seat and ask about a couple, two or three people, do you hear the Macedonian call today. Do you hear? Do you hear? Y'all can go down. Thank y'all. Amazing. Do you hear the Macedonian call? Those of you watching online, no matter what time zone that you're in, please stay with us today. I'm going to ask everyone to please stay engaged. All right. As everyone is making their way back to their seat, let me announce if you're new to Fresh Start, We are not a 12 noon church. Come on, somebody. I'll try it one more time. We're not a 12 noon church. So if you do not hear the preacher winding down at 12 noon, get in your purse or your neighbor's purse or pocket and get a snack. Come on. Are y'all with me? All right. I'll go as quickly as I can, but I want to be thorough today because this is an assignment into the next phase and leg, if you will, uh, of revival. And I've entitled this the Macedonian call to intercession. Somebody say, yes, Lord. The Macedonian call to intercession. The Macedonian call to intercession. Do you hear that call today? Do you hear? I ask Holy Spirit that you please put spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding and the knowledge of you in the atmosphere of this room. God, let this grip our hearts today, I pray. The blood of Jesus over everyone that is in this room and those watching online, I pray right now protection from Almighty God. Release your angels, O Lord. Hallelujah. How many want angels released around us? They're already here. Angels of protection today. Because I will be preaching into territories and lands 
And as we say around here, which is not anything unusual territorially, we need to make sure that we're covered as we go into it. Amen. So blood of Jesus, cover this place. Go to the far reaches of every corner of this building that we're sitting in and every heart and cover us, I pray. I bind right now every evil work of the enemy. And I thank you, Lord, that we hear clearly the assignment, the clarion call, the Macedonian call to intercession. Do you hear the Macedonian call today and will you answer? Um, around the, the, the uh, I don't want to say nation, I don't want to make it sound bigger than what it is, but two or three places that I've been recently uh, to preach, I have been led of the Lord uh, to develop a message out of what God has taught us here over the last seven, eight years uh, in sustained revival and titled Regions of Revival. Come on, somebody. Doorkeepers of revival over regions. Can I hear a loud amen? The terminologies that I'm going to be using this morning are not going to be unfamiliar to the majority of us. I preach this today for those of us who have been all from day one of this sustained revival and even before, and those of you who are just joining us in a few weeks, uh, uh, maybe you've moved here from other states. We praise God for you. You need to hear the roots and the depth of where the intercessory um, mantle and governmental legislative mantle um, has come from uh, that is on this house. And we need you um, uh, to put your boots on. Come on, somebody. And uh, get, your, get your spiritual armor out. Come on. Amen. We need you to rise to the front lines with us. Amen. I came this morning uh, for all of us. I came for those who join week after week on the front lines. I came for those of you who are kind of hanging back so you kind of check it out for a while. I came to get back there and pull you up on the front line this morning. Amen. And answer the Macedonian call to intercession because there is a cry in the heart of God that every region in this nation be set on fire with the fires of revival. The end time revival. This is going to be the end time revival. Oh, you better bet. It's going to be the end time revival. Oh, you hear me now. It's going to be the end time revival. And and as Psalm 2 says, the nations are going to be raging. There's going to be rebellion. There's going to be principalities that come up and they muster up, uh, 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 they, they ruffle uh, uh, nations and they ruffle uh, uh, principalities are going to be going to be ruffling leaders and stuff in Psalm 2, the rage of the nations. But there's going to be a voice that is very distinct in the middle of the rage. Nobody can preach this like Corey Russell, but you hear me. This, this, this passage of scripture has been stirring on the inside of me this last week. I don't even know if I have it in my notes or not, but hear this. The nations will be raging and they are raging right now, even the very one that you and I live in. But you hear me in the middle of that rage, there's going to be a distinct voice that rises up in the middle of that in the middle of that rage. It will be a distinct voice and it will be the anointing of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we will have a distinct clarion call that says come on, that says Jesus Jesus is Lord, Holy Spirit is the ruling spirit, and in the name of Jesus, this land and this territory, my state of Arizona, your state of wherever you're watching from, must bow, the nation must bow to Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm telling you, the nations are going to rage because the principalities and the powers of darkness will be stirred. 
stirring the nations and the kings and the kingdoms, but there will be a mighty force in the earth called the church. And we will have a distinct voice. Elbow your neighbor and say, it's going to be a distinct voice. Scream it louder, a distinct voice. Keep that in, 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 just keep what I just said. We'll get back to that in a minute. Regions of revival, answering the Macedonian call to intercession. Do you hear? Do you hear the Macedonian call today? I have heard it. I've heard it more recently than, than ever before in this revival. Since God began to move us into governmental legislative prayer, um, even more since, since the revelation of doorkeepers of revival over regions and territories. But we've got, to, we've got to remember that from the earliest instruction of Jesus, the New Testament church was to think in terms of territories and regions and lands. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Now stop there because I put something in parentheses. Being his witnesses is more than just sharing the message. That's powerful, but it's being a sacrifice. Literally the word witness there can mean martyr. Come on. That wasn't quite as loud of an amen on that. Because I want to paint the picture to you today because uh, oh, that was sticky. Uh, because in the body of Christ, and, and, and by no means am I, am I downplaying uh, personal evangelism at all. We, we, we must do that. We teach it here. Uh, we have a whole uh, a discipleship class when you're assimilated into this church called After the One. Meaning that you go after the one to win them to Jesus Christ. Come on somebody. So I'm not demeaning that. But you've got to understand the deeper meaning of what it means to be a witness. Come on. Being a witness means sharing the testimony testimony of Jesus, the works of Jesus, the word of God, but it also means that I will be a sacrifice. I will do whatever it takes to establish the kingdom of God. There's a difference between sharing a testimony and establishing the kingdom of God. In this hour, because the nations will be raging, at the same time that we are going to fervently share our testimony and the testimony of Jesus, we are also going to begin in this last day to establish the kingdom of God. Establish the kingdom of God. When you establish a kingdom, that means that you take over that territory and you establish a rule and a dominion in that territory. So it's quite different to be a witness to share Jesus. That's important as opposed to or along with walking up in a region and a land and saying in the name of Jesus, may every principality be displaced and let the kingdom and the authority of God Almighty, Jehovah God, Yeshua, Jesus Christ be established in this territory. My friends, that is what Jesus meant when he says the power will come upon you. You will have the Holy Spirit and the power will come upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. And then he follows it up and he says in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and as far as the remotest part of the earth. So from the earliest instructions of Jesus, the New Testament church was to think in terms of territories and regions and lands, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, as far as the remotest part of the earth, territories, regions, and lands. I read this quote, and this quote actually comes out of one of the books that we use uh, to teach our mantled school uh, of revival uh, 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 students, and it says this, quote, an early church historian said, the apostles eventually divided up the 
inhabited world into zones of influence and strategically spread themselves to the four corners of the globe. They, they eventually divided up the inhabited world into zones of influence and strategically spread themselves to the four corners of the globe. Look at three people and say, it's time to go to the four corners. Come on. Do you hear the Macedonian call to intercession today? You shall receive power. It's going to come when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and, and, and. Not two, but and you will be my witnesses. It's more than sharing the message. It is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. In Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, as far as the remotest part of the earth. In three weeks from today, Fresh Start Church will enter our seventh year of sustained revival. And a lot has transpired these last six full years of which we give God praise and honor and glory. We have had hundreds and hundreds of altar calls. We have had thousands of children change lives. This is not evangelistically speaking. This is accurate. Come on. Thousands of changed lives. We have made a physical expansion of this building, which some of you are sitting in the comfy seats up there. Come on, somebody, on this Sunday morning. I remember the day when I stood on this platform in 2018, and I looked at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at an empty place that had been knocked out, but there were no seats, and I stood up on this platform, and I laid my hand on a chair and I'm going to tell you I can't tell you that I had full faith I was desperate I just I was I was having faith by faith I don't know if that's a thing or not I don't know I mean I was just like God fill those seats God fill those seats some of y'all that are sitting in those seats right now look at me look at me you got to know you're an answer to prayer those of you down here on the floor you're an answer to prayer you're an answer to prayer today because we decided that revival come on we expect because revival was for the nation. We had a physical expansion of this building to accommodate more people. We had structural changes to our, our church and our church structure, our infrastructure to accommodate more Holy Spirit. I could preach on that for the next hour to the pastors that are watching, but you hear me now. Pastor, if you don't let go of your man-made structures, you will not have room for revival. We had much sacrifice of time, talent, and treasure by hundreds and hundreds of people over six full years. We've had thousands of hours of fasting and prayer. We have fought devils and we have won. Come on, somebody. We have had consistent capacity increase, spiritual capacity increase. We have had consistent challenges and we have consistently uh, risen to meet those challenges equally. Each year of this revival has brought its own definition to this revival and this church so much so that that is how I named the 12 chapters of my book, Doorkeepers of Revival, after what God was defining us year after year after year up to where we are now, and I tell you this fresh start, that our journey is inspiring people across the nation to birth, build, and to sustain revival. Nudge your neighbor and say it's an assignment. Come on. 
Scream at your other neighbor. Come with me to the front lines. Come on. It's time to answer the Macedonian call to intercession. I say, do you hear the call today? With everything that I just said, I believe in my, I've discussed this, of course, with my husband. We have prayed. We have discussed this. But I believe that this next year, seventh year, will come with not only another defining as the last six years has have, but I believe that the seventh year, prophetically I'm speaking now, that it will be a climax of a destiny. Come on. A climax of a destiny and an assignment. Now that doesn't mean that revival will end in 2022. But what it does mean is that revival will enter a broader scope of the assignment. Come on. The power that has come upon us in these last six years that is resident and residue in this atmosphere and the atmosphere I believe of Peoria, Arizona is to affect regions. It's already happening but I prophesy today that that will go to another level in 2021, the latter part, and in 2022 as God's enabling Holy Spirit comes upon us. This, however, is not exclusive to Fresh Start Church or Fresh Start Church Revival or anyone else for that matter because what I have just described to you has its roots in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. As I just read to you, after the power came, they were instructed to take territory. Come on. After the power came, they were instructed to take territory. Not just not just share the gospel, but establish the kingdom in a territory. When you share the gospel, but you don't establish the kingdom, then the principality is still in control. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We must displace and dismantle the forces of darkness in our territories so that when we do witness come on how we will see the unseen we will hear the unheard and we will be revealed the unknown the power comes upon us to affect regions to take territory and this will require higher levels of apostolic operation fresh start church higher levels of apostolic uh, operation more spiritual authority, spiritual influence, spiritual training, all for the sake of an end time harvest. And I believe with all of my heart, all of my heart, I believe as we stay true to the assignment and what Jesus has assigned us to do, I believe with, I don't know what we're going to do yet. We don't know what we're going to do yet. You, somebody asked, are you going to knock that wall out again? We can't knock that wall out. Our neighbors would not be very pleased with you sitting in their backyard. Come on. Are you going to knock this wall out? Are you not going to know? I don't know what we're going to do, but the Holy Spirit has been faithful to give us breadcrumbs and he will give us the next breadcrumb. How many know this Holy Spirit leads by breadcrumbs most of the time? Sometimes he'll give us a vision or a bigger picture and that's fine. It happens sometimes, but most of the time it's by the inward witness of this is the next step. That's the next step. So I'm standing up here today under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, asking for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, just following another breadcrumb crumb that he told me to drop to you today. I'm asking you if you hear the Macedonian call to intercession because revival's end game is transformation of lives and transformation of land. We had someone that was visiting with us in the last doorkeeper weekend uh, that shared with us. She was from Dallas actually and they came just for one service that weekend and she shared with us that we had never met her before. Uh, 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 they're on staff at a church down in Dallas and she shared with us, listen to 
me. Listen to me. She shared with us that the Lord began to drop the word Peoria into her spirit. She had a vision or a dream and she did not know. She did not know that that's where Fresh Start was located was in Peoria. And she said, I just kept getting that to a couple of times or more. She kept getting that. And I don't remember everything that she said, but she basically said that she felt the Lord tell her that it was in Peoria that the glory of the Lord was going to manifest and work at a heightened level. Now look, it's already been happening, but what I take that as is I take that as a confirmation and a preparation for the next leg of what God has for us to do in this revival. God dropped the name of your town, my town. Now you may not live within the city limits of Peoria. I choose to because that's where the glory is going to be. Come on somebody. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It'll go to Glendale. It'll go to Sun City. It'll go to Surprise. You hear me now? But she specifically said, but I believe that the Lord gave her that because that's where this church is physically located. Are you with me? Are you with me? Physically located because God cares about territories and lands and what I see in my spirit. And it's not only just been us in the last 24 years that we've been here, but those who were here the 20 years before us that sat on this property when there was no on this property and prayed for the glory of God to fill this property their prayers with our prayers come on it's going to come on it's going to it is and it's going to make a mark on the United States of America shout if you can agree with me for that today So revival's end game is transformation of lives and land. And we've understood that, that have understood that in this portion of this of our assignment, excuse me, for us some time now, specifically, and, and this is for those who you don't know or you don't remember, specifically since 2017 and 2018, the Lord began to turn us more into focusing on region, our region, Southwest region, and on uh, uh, regions in this nation, and then ultimately now the nation. But I believe believe at this point, the Lord is putting, for lack of a better way to say it, a check mark of seeing the full release to be doorkeepers of revival over regions. Come on. To be doorkeepers of revival over regions. I ask you again, do you hear the Macedonian call to intercession today? I preach this message and I'm going to just let you know up front that some of this message will contain some content that I have released a number of years ago, three years or so ago, uh, and directives of the Holy Spirit. But we need to revisit some of this, especially those who have never heard it or you've forgotten it, because we need to be taken back for a moment to the birthing room of revival. Come on. Many of you have walked in on a baby that's being raised right now. And it's awesome. You know, River is one. Of course, you know, Kingston four and Zion seven, almost eight. And they're wonderful, wonderful kids. And River right now, especially at the age one, you know, there's fun. She's into absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. I said absolutely everything. And y'all pray in the Holy Ghost because I have to watch all three of them this week. Come on, somebody. Yeah, they're like, we're out of here. Youth camp isn't work for them this week. It's a vacation for them. (laughs) 
but we're, you know, they're raising those babies. We're raising, let's just take River right now and we're teaching. But you know what? Before we could raise River or the others, before you could raise your children, it has to be birth. Come on. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I remember in the birthing room, it was pretty painful. Come on. In the birthing room, it was pretty messy. Oh, ain't nobody going to go with me this morning. Come on. And we need sometimes, we, and I just want to tell some pastors out there, I want to tell some leaders, I want to tell those of you who watch and you follow, fresh start. Don't try to raise a baby if you have not birthed a baby. And the reason why I say that is because revival has become, unfortunately, just another one of the church's trendy words and another word that we throw out there and we put on our, we put all oh, this was Revival Wednesday. This, well, I'm like, what about Revival Monday? What about Revival Saturday? What about Revival Sunday? What about Revival all the time? And we throw out the word revival and we really don't know what revival means. So I say, don't try to raise a baby until you birth that baby. And the last time that I checked, the birthing room is messy. The birthing room has pain. The birthing room has groaning and screaming. The birthing room, you hear me now, is not a pleasant place. But if you want true and pure revival, you must go to the birthing room before you can raise that baby. Put your hands together right now because God is going to bring us to a Macedonian call for the sake of regions. But we're, we're about ready to cross a, a, a crucial threshold. Now, if you're new here, you haven't heard me talk about thresholds. If you've read the book, you know I talk a lot about thresholds. In revival, there are consistent thresholds. Consistent thresholds, spiritual thresholds. Ushers, I'm going to ask you to please keep a, keep, keep a guard on the door, all right? Don't let people go in and out, in and out, please. If you have to go potty, you can go potty, all right? But this is, this is a vision message, and you need to be equipped today, all right? You need to be equipped. Hallelujah. It's a threshold crossing time. And trust me when I say this, that every time we cross a threshold in this revival, and there have been many, we must have a new faith and there is a new demand that comes with it. Come on. I said, we must have a fresh new faith and there is a new spiritual demand that comes with it. So I feel the weight today to transfer not only information, but to provoke your spirit and your mindsets and your heart postures as we approach what I feel in the spirit is a pivotal year in this revival to this point, as I said, year number seven. The biblical meaning of the number seven, many of you know, but for those of you who don't, and we all need to be reminded, it is a symbol of spiritual perfection. Don't get hung up on the word perfection. You can say spiritual maturity. You can say a full cycle, or you can say completion. The number seven is the most frequently used number in the Bible, in the scriptures. It is uh, alone in Revelation. It is used 50 times, 50 times alone in the book of Revelation. This is significant because the book of Revelation brings us as 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 brings everyone believers and non-believers to the climax to the to the to the pinnacle to the capstone and the crest of what God's purpose and agenda is and because the number 7 is used so frequently in the book of revelation and because it is a book that brings us to a climax or a pinnacle i think we need to understand what that means it means that it is a it is a decisive moment 
moment that is of a maximum impact. It is a moment of, of impact and intensity, or it is a major turning point in a plot. Are you listening to me? It is a defining moment. And I truly believe that year number seven of Fresh Start Church Revival will be a defining moment. If you agree, shout amen. Fresh Start Church has been given a unique assignment since 2015, August of 2015. We, we were turning into revival before that, but it broke out in August of 2015, and we've been given a unique assignment. We've been given an assignment to build a local church that produces a protocol that sustains revival, a move of God, and we have been given that assignment in the midst of a current church culture that says that the two are not compatible. We have been told that a move of God, that building a successful church, a, a, a quote successful church, and having a full-on move of God cannot exist together. That's what we've been told. Their spoken words are to the tune of this. To be successful in building a local church today, and I'm specifically speaking to Pentecostal spirit-filled churches, you must forego a move of God and the Holy Spirit has to be limited in your corporate atmosphere and they have told us that this is what it takes to be successful and along with that they have tacked on many nuances these subtle hints and changes to Acts chapter 2 and they have tacked on approaches to help make this happen and today we have my friends an entire generation of believers and pastors and leaders that have bought the lie that in, other, in order to have a successful church, you cannot have a revival and a move of God. And so we have people, leaders, pastors, and believers following that whether their church is big or not, they continue to employ these nuances and approaches thinking that they are successful or at least they're just, they're just fine to look like someone who is successful. You can say amen or oh me, but I'm describing what our assignment is in the Come on, somebody, in the current church culture. Fresh Start Church has been picked out to expose and make religion. So because of that, there must be forerunners. That's why we have a t-shirt that says forerunners that on the back says something like forerunners go first so they get hit hardest. You say, you're not inspiring me today, Pastor Kim. I'm not out to inspire you. I'm out to provoke you to establish the kingdom of God in territories because forerunners go first and they get hit the hardest. They break open ways. They break open pathways. They break open. They part the waters. And because of that I get some hits I get some hits that they don't get I get some hits I get some backlash I get some antagonism that the others don't get but that's okay because my Bible says that Jesus is coming back after a church that is in revival and that's the church that I want to raise up somebody shout yes to the assignment amen 
So according to Acts, we are to prefer the Holy Spirit. We are to preach Jesus and we are to pray for people and we are to possess regions for the kingdom of God. And this is not just for the purpose of building a church. It's for establishing the kingdom of God in a region. I've already laid that out to you. Building churches, hear me now. Planting churches, this is the, the planting churches thing, is vital. It's vital. It's vital part, but the DNA of that church should be dominion. I just said something that was way better than the, what y'all shouted. Because church planting is very much a buzzword in the body of Christ. I just want to remind you, we're not a 12 noon church, all right? We don't let out at noon, all right? This is a vision word. You need to hear it. Ushers, help me. Building and planting churches is vital part, but the DNA of that planted church should be a legislative ecclesia dominion church at the gate of that region. Unfortunately, we've got it backwards in the modern church culture. We build churches thinking that we're establishing the kingdom of God, when in reality, we just gathered a number of people, sometimes from other people's churches. In a building, under the same whatever, but yet the regional principality stays in place. We're called to do more than just draw people into our buildings. That's important. We're called to liberate territories. So I ask you today, do you hear the Macedonian call to intercession? Higher levels of apostolic operation will begin to happen in our seventh year of revival. I proclaim that the Holy Spirit is leading us in this seventh year just as he led the Apostle Paul in a turning point moment to the Macedonian call. As we approach this threshold into year seven, we will go first in intercession. Please tell three people, first in intercession. So I ask you, do you hear the Macedonian call to intercession today? Acts chapter 16, verse six through 10. For those of you who don't have a clue what I mean when I say the Macedonian call, this is what I'm talking about. They sensed that the Holy Spirit was telling them not to preach their message in Asia at this time. Y'all got it, get it up there, hurry. They sensed that the Holy Spirit was telling them not to preach their message in Asia at this time. So they traveled through Phrygia, something like that, and Galatia, and they came near Mysia, something like that, and planned to go to Bithynia, but again they felt restrained. Now look at all the territories that's named here. From doing so by the Spirit of Jesus. So they bypassed Mysia, and they went down to Troas. That night in Troas, Paul the Apostle had a vision in which a Macedonian man was pleading with him and this is what the man was saying come over to Macedonia come and help us the Macedonian man in the vision was pleading with the Apostle Paul I'll say it again higher levels of apostolic operation must happen in year number seven and the man was pleading come over to Macedonia Come over to Macedonia and come and help us. Now, verse 10 says, this vision convinced us all that God was calling us to bring the good news or revival to that region of Macedonia. Come on, somebody. I'll say this now. 
I'm talking today about the Macedonian call to intercession. That's why I say intercession first. But we have literally, especially in the last couple of years, have lost track of the emails, uh, the, the social media messages, the face-to-face pleading. I even had one lady right down here on Wednesday night. They had stayed over from the door weekend and they were going back to California. God's doing something in Los Angeles. I'll get to that in just a moment. You hear me now? But they're like, will you please come and preach at our church? Will you co- please come and preach? I said, I'll come if your pastor asks me, but I can't come if you don't ask me. Come on, somebody. But people are desperate. And that's not a, that's not a, I don't, that's not a little bullshit, he's saying. I said, I'm not asking for an invitation. I'm just saying people are desperate. Uh, you see, this is a Macedonian call. It's a Macedonian call, fresh start. You set in week after week after week after week of the glory. Why do we provoke you so much? Why do we nudge? Why do we always reach for the more? Because there's a Macedonian call saying, will you come over here and help us? Will you come over here and show us the way? Will you come over here and teach us how to open the door? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on. I say, do you hear the Macedonian call today? We have lost track of the emails. Will you come plant a church in this location? Will you come plant a church and will Fresh Start come over and start a church over here or over here from all areas of the nation and even within our own city? We have people reaching out and asking us. You say, Pastor Kim, why aren't you doing that? We don't feel the release to do that at this time. Because here's the reason. Because you and I must enter it. We must answer the Macedonian call to intercession before we can think we have any right to move up into any territory and start speaking to it. Stay with me. The term Macedonian call refers to a God-given vision that directed, as you can see, the Apostle Paul to specific territories. Stay with me. This was his second missionary journey. And the significance of this Macedonian call was that it resulted in the Apostle Paul and all of his companions breaking through into regions that enabled them to get, watch me y'all, to the gateway of Europe. Are you with me? Because he answered the Macedonian call, because he said, yes, Lord, it enabled them to break through the gateway to Europe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Up to this point in history, the gospel had been limited to Asia, but many his church historians credit the Apostle Paul heeding and answering the Macedonian call with the spreading of Christianity into Europe and into the Western world. Are you seeing what I'm talking about now? I ask you today, do you hear it? Because the history of the world and the church in that day, in that apostolic age, were forever changed because someone, someone's answered the Macedonian call. I will repeat what I said in the very beginning that the early church historian wrote. He said the apostles divided up the inhabited world into zones of influence and strategically spread themselves to the four corners of the globe. Nudge your neighbor as they get ready to go to the four corners of the globe. Macedonia is calling. Come over and help us. God was calling us to bring, he said, the good news to another region. Now you listen, you listen to me. In the context of intercession, God is calling us fresh start to answer the Macedonian call, to break into regions with prayer and intercession and get the gate of that region. You're not hearing me. I said get the gate of that region. 
We've been doing this for a few years, but I sense and perceive prophetically that year number seven is a climax, a major turning point in the plot, a defining moment in the context of sustained revival. And just think, if every one of us in here today, with our obedience, we answer the Macedonian call to intercession, just think what could open up across the United States of America. For Paul, it was the continent of Europe. And I believe symbolically, continents await the obedience of the church. Come on. Oh, in intercessory prayer, saying, do you hear the call? Do you hear the Macedonian call to intercession? Because intercession, my friends, is merely just pulling the answer to the issue. America has a race issue. Oh, really? Well, let's pull the answer from heaven to the issue. America has a perversion issue. Well, let's pull the answer to the issue. Let's stop having conversations about it. Let's stop writing articles about it. And let's intercede. Come on. It's time to pray, America. Our intercession must match the level and the capacity of the Macedonian call that I just read to you. Come over and help us. I said our intercession must match that. Why Macedonian intercession? Why, why, not, why, not, why not just going and going over there, Pastor Kim? Because prayer dislodges. Come on, you hear me. Prayer dismantles. Prayer establishes in the spirit realm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got to believe. The Bible says that, that Elijah was a man just like us. He was a person, a human being just like us. Elijah prayed for it not to stop raining, and he prayed for it to start raining. And the book of James tells us that he was just a man. He was human being like you and I are human being. So what the Bible is telling us, if he did it, you can do it. Come on. If he did it, we can do it. Come on. If he did it, we can do it. You have to get a revelation of intercession today that God as I said at the very beginning of this message God needs our help there is going to be a clarion distinct voice of the church in this nation but God needs your voice God needs your help and he needs it at the gate screaming at your neighbor it's at the gate the byproduct of answering the Macedonian call of intercession is the is open gates and gateways to regions so I preach this today for a rebirth of revelation for some of you, and a revelation for many of you that have joined us concerning intercession for regions. You better fasten your seatbelts. Because if gates are not open, regions are closed to revival. May let you have a few good services. They may let you get, they'll definitely let you play the, the, the church game that I just talked about a moment ago. Or are you just to see how many people you can get in a building every week? Come on. Devil lets you play that game all day long. But you start calling the glory. You start calling down the, the manifestations. You, are call, you start calling for the unseen, the unknown, the unheard. You say, come on, I'm telling you, that, that right there wakes up a principality that you've never met before. So pastor, don't get discouraged. Leaders, believers, don't get discouraged. We tried revival and it messed us up. Ow! The devil is a liar. It didn't mess you up. You messed him up and he came after you. Revival didn't mess you up. You messed the devil up and he started shaking you up. But I came to tell you, Macedonia, we're on our way to help. Don't stop praying. 
As far back as three years ago, a sound was being birthed in this house to unlock regions. Give your neighbor a high five and say, we're going to unlock regions. This is not an arrogant act. This is a, this is a faith act. 2020 and 2021, my God in heaven, catapulted us faster than we realized into hosting a prayer meeting for America called Pray America. I will repeat that again. 2020 and 2021 catapulted us into hosting a prayer meeting for America called Pray America. Because this nation must have revival breaker voices of distinct intercession that consistently and with discipline and anointing cries out over regions to displace the works of the enemy. This nation must have revival breaker voices of distinction. Mm. But much of the modern church is a habitual pattern of following trends and whatever's most popular. But everything the early church did was a breaker and a pioneer. They followed no one but Jesus and Holy Spirit. Sadly, much of the church today are echoes of trends and popularity contests and few are breaking open regions. Evidence of open regions will be seen in churches and in culture. Are you hearing me? Acts chapter 4, verse 31, and they prayed and the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. I'm telling you, there is an unrestrained boldness that is coming on us in this next year of revival. The Greek word there, and this is the commentary in the Passion Translation, is parisia or something like that. This, this is what that means. It involves, it's an unrestrained boldness. I said an unrestrained boldness. Now this doesn't mean you're full this doesn't mean you're carnal. It means that you are operating under an uncommon anointing and that uncommon anointing that comes from the Holy One gives an unrestrained, but I'm not giving you permission to act like an idiot. Come on, somebody. I'm not giving you permission just to go off and offend for the sake of offending. You hear what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that in the book of Acts, in the early church, they operated with an unrestrained boldness and the Greek word there means that it was free-flowing, unrestrained boldness a freedom of speech like one with no restraint flowing out of the heart of confidence. It, 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 this word meant it, it being frank and being honest, hiding nothing and speaking directly to the heart. It refers to speech and the voice that was not tailored to make everyone happy, but to speak the truth in spite of what it may cost. It was the courage to speak truth in the ears of others. Others. This is what the Bible means in that translation when it says with unrestrained or in every translation with unrestrained boldness. And this is why I know that in the end time, the church that will go with Jesus will have a distinctive voice. They will have a distinctive clarion sound in this nation and in this earth. Are you hearing me? Because they won't care what this one thinks and what that one thinks. They're not in competition to do this and to do that. They're not in the run with all the other trendy things. They're following the breadcrumbs of the upper room. Come on, voice of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, they proclaim the word with unrestrained boldness. 
Don't you confuse my confidence for arrogance. More than likely, that's been said. Don't confuse my confidence for arrogance. Selah. And please understand this, that there is a huge difference between timidity and humility. Too many use humility as a mask for timidity. Did I mention I came to provoke you today? This unrestrained boldness that the early church possessed was a confidence that they carried because of an uncommon anointing that they obtained in an upper room. Come on, somebody. And it was in their voices. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be in your voice. It's going to be in your voice. This enabled them to change the history of their known world and establish the kingdom of God to the four corners of their known world. Churches were established. Yes, they planted churches. They put churches in cities, but it was for the purpose of dominion in a region. It was for the purpose of being established in a region saying, I don't think so, principality. The kingdom of God is ruling here. The kingdom of God is the ruling spirit here. Come on. Let me hurry. They had voices of distinction, a clear ringing bell. When a bell, a voice or a bell, quote, a voice is indistinct, it means there is a dysfunction. Are you hearing me? My God, I've got to say something. The early church had voices of distinction. They were a clear ringing bell. They did not negotiate. When a bell, a natural bell, when it is indistinct, it means that there's a dysfunction in the bell. Come on, somebody help me. Ha! I say again, in these end times, the church in this nation will have a distinct voice of an apostolic church, high levels of apostolic operation, spiritual authority, spiritual influence, spiritual training for the sake of a harvest. And the world won't tune us in and look and listen and say, you know what? I just really don't understand what they're saying. They sound a lot like us and what we're saying out here in the world. Did you get what I just said? No, we will have a distinct, clear voice, a clarion call that says this is what the Lord is saying this is what the word says we will eradicate roots of religion and we will dismantle demonic barriers in regions because we have voices that are mantled with revival because true revival carries a voice and a sound of distinction fresh start you hear me we don't have you shout just to be loud we don't have you do these things just to make noise we raise our voices in this house because it shakes hell at the very gate of hell. A few years ago, I shared this. Listen, are y'all with me? Can you take some more? In the world of sound, the natural sound, like it's audio sound, there is something called a noise gate. Its purpose of this noise gate in the world of natural sound is to control the sound at the entry point. It is at the noise gate threshold that the wanted sound weakens the unwanted sound. Therefore, the wanted sound prevails at the gate. Are you hearing me? 
noise gate. The only time that that is not true is when the wanted sound stays silent, therefore the uh, allowing the unwanted sound to prevail where? At the gate. You see, the voice of the church in this nation must learn its lesson after 2020. We must have a confident, not arrogant, but a confident, distinctive voice at the governing gate because if we don't, it will be filled with other voices. And I will repeat this again. My concern is that the sound of the church has become sounding so much like the sound of the world that it has become a dysfunctional bell, sending indistinct messages at the gate, saying certain things in a certain way so as not to offend or to look non-relevant. I want to say we must be distinct. We must be clear and we must be unmistakable. There has been in the body of Christ a fusion of sounds at the spiritual gates by the modern church a melting together of the sound of the world with the church not just in music and worship but in thought processes and perceptions and I'm telling you pastors if you are allowing that in your life if you're allowing that in your worship ministry if you're allowing that in your church people you better understand that the gates of hell will prevail they will prevail until you understand that you have to take the gate and that the noise at the gate must be a clarion call a distinct sound at the battle line if you're indistinct you're gonna lose the gate come on and we're all here just meshing our sounds with the world thinking we're all cool and we're all this and all that and I know cool's not a word but hey I'm 57 I can say it come on somebody we think we're all that. We really think we've got the neat package here. And let me just tell you, we think, while we're thinking we have the neat package with our indistinct message that we're sending, the principality is laughing at us at the church, at the gate, as we fumble over our words, trying not to offend someone. And what happens is, is we are downgrading the dominion that we have been called to operate in. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? And this is why we write songs. They write songs around here saying, there's dominion in your sound. We need to uncode the language. Come on, somebody. Uncode it. It's been encrypted too long. Let me move on. My God. Yes. There's a move of God coming. Many wonderful things are happening in pockets across this nation. But I'm telling you, there's a move of God coming. And what I'm preaching about today, we will begin to notice. We'll begin to notice it here in Peoria. That it will shift spiritual climates over our cities, over our regions. But it will take voices of distinction that understand the key to unlocking the heavens over those regions. But that doesn't mean the devil's going to throw in his towel and say, oh my, they learned it, they learned it. No, he won't give up till he gets thrown in the lake of fire. Can you stay with me a few more moments? Until then, he wants to take as many people with him. And one of the key strategies is to block the heavens over regions. And he does this by getting people to come into agreement with his agenda and his strategy. I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask you one more time. Have you heard the Macedonian call of intercession? In 2020 and 2021, the Lord threw this church into something called Pray America. And I came to ask you Sunday morning, have you heard the call, the Macedonian call to intercession? 
because the battle is at the gate of regions because that's where the influence is. You think we just stand up here and we just make those of us who, I'm, I'm telling you, it is a spiritual battle. Every Pray America is a spiritual battle. I won't even tell you, I won't even tell you about, about this last Friday. Of, I mean, just physically how it affects you, uh, mentally and emotionally, how it affects you. Uh, not only was it a thousand million degrees in this building and all of our air conditioners are working fine, but I'm telling you, what you feel is you feel the pressure in the spirit realm. I came to call some people that you are, you are content, you are content with a Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. You say, you said that you shouldn't preach this to your Sunday morning crowd. You're the one I need to preach it to. Come on. You're content with just a Sunday morning Christian life. I came to raise up some people that will answer the Macedonian call to intercession, understanding that there are, whole, are, 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 are all kinds of people of this nation saying, will you come over and help us? And then they may not be saying it audibly. Some are, but, but the spin the spirit, they're crying out, come over and help us. Come over and help us. They Yet all we can do is think about ourselves and all we can do is think about getting blessed. I'm just going to say it because it's later on in my notes. It, it gripes me when I can come in on a Pray America and then for those who are watching, we have hundreds that gather here, but it gripes me when we have a special guest coming in the next night and people come to Pray America, but they leave Pray America when they find that the special guest is not going to be there on the Friday night. I came to make religion Man. You said, does that actually happen, Pastor Kim? That actually has happened. And I came to expose it. Come on, we got to get over ourselves. You got to get rid of your demons. You got to get set free. You got to get on with your life and get on with the Macedonian call because there's a man that's calling. Will you help me? You've heard me say this before, but there are regions on lockdown by the enemy in a state of prison isolation. And you can look at all the regions across this nation and the fruit of those regions, be it good or evil, reveals the strongholds that is over that territory or the blessing that is over that territory. Territories will bear the fruit of what is ruling them and influencing them. Are you with me? An example of this, please stay with me, is after Paul answered the Macedonian call, he stepped into a place called Philippi. Are you with me? I said, after he answered the Macedonian call, he stepped into a place called Philippi. And in Philippi, right off the bat, he meets the principality, are you with me, in a girl that was crying out with a spirit of divination. She had the principality of that region. I don't have time to go into this history of that, but you trust me in this. This was a principality of that region. If you study out Philippi and the girl that was crying out after Paul, she was possessed with the principality of that region. It Represented a regional stronghold. Are you with me? Are you? You shall be witnesses is more than just sharing a track with someone and sharing the good news. That's important, but you got to get ready for that principality to rise up. And I want to raise up some people, and he wants to raise up some apostolic people that operate in a high level of apostolic operation. That when you share the gospel and when you're on your way to the house of prayer and the principality starts calling out after you, you turn around and say in the name of Jesus. Did y'all get that? She had the gate. Hear me. 
She had a spirit of divination. I don't have time to go into it. She had the gate. It had the gate of that city. And one man with his companions that answered the Macedonian call was annoyed. It's time that we have enough of apostolic understanding, perception of Holy Ghost to recognize that when I'm annoyed, it's more than just the kids. It's more than just my hungry belly. It is that our revival has moved up against a principality. And I want to see some people that you're not just Sunday morning do my time, but you say, I hear the Macedonian call of intercession so I can speak to a principality and command it to lead the region. Oh, that's what I want to see. Come on. Regions are waiting for our dominion at the gate. I'm going to hurry. We're going to pray. A scripture that we've quoted and used several times around here, especially of late. Proverbs 21, 22. Watch this. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends to the high place and releases regional breakthrough. Do I have any warriors filled with wisdom today? Come on. And those wisdom-filled warriors bring down the strongholds of the mighty, demolishing the confidence, the strength of confidence of the mighty. What's the mighty? It's the principalities and powers of darkness. I ask you today, those in this building and those watching online, have you given your confidence to the stronghold? Refuse to give your confidence to that stronghold. Paul could have done the, 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 the apostle Paul could have done the palatable church thing and, and she just kept, you know, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna just ignore, we're just gonna walk on. We, we got, we got to go to the house of prayer. We got to, we got to house, we had to do this. Okay. We're just, if he had left her alone and just went to church, God, are you hearing what I'm saying? Proverbs 8, chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 8, verse 1. Wisdom-filled warrior. Can you hear the voice of wisdom, capital W? From the top of the mountains, now listen to this, of influence, she, wisdom, speaks into the gateways, are you with me, of a glorious city. And the place, at the place, oh, Jesus, help this all fit together. Where pathways merge, wisdom is there. Okay, Keep looking at it. Proverbs 21, 22 said, a warrior filled with wisdom. Are you with me? We ascend to the high place and release regional breakthrough. Proverbs 8 says, can you hear the voice of wisdom, capital W? From the top of the mountains of influence, she speaks into the gateways of glorious city. At the place where the paths merge, at the entrance of every portal, there she, wisdom, stands ready to impart understanding, shouting aloud to all who enter. Don't ever tell me to be quiet. I'm here to make noise at the noise gate. I refuse to let a low-level demon take my place at the gate.
And it goes on to say, preaching her sermon to those who will listen. And I will just interject this. And I know this has already been prophesied by a famous prophet, but I'm just coming into agreement with it. With it. And I know he and I have felt this for a long time, that God is bringing back the preacher to the body of Christ. You hear me now? I'm not against the other, other ministry gifts of teacher and pastor and all this kind of stuff. But God is bringing back. And he and I were just talking about it even just yesterday, that it literally is going to take the voice and the anointing of a preacher, especially in, in, in the atmosphere that we are in in our nation today to literally shred it open because nobody is listening to the wah, wah, wah behind the pulpit. Come on. I said, people are tuning out the wah, 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 wah behind the pulpit. It's all just a coach, a life coach, a TED talk, all of those things that people say. That's all it is. So the preacher has to step up in this day. I say those of you that are in little small towns all across America, you were raised in the fire. You were raised in the brush harbor. You were raised under the tents of revival. I say, God is getting ready once again to shine his spotlight on you. He's going to take out the well-known. He's going to take out the one with the church of tens of thousands and he's going to pull up a desperate preacher who wants to see the kingdom of God established in our nation. Somebody shout in this room. Just a few minutes a wisdom-filled warrior is one that is filled with Jesus. Stay with me. Because wisdom is a person. And the entire picture of Proverbs 8 is one of Jesus rejoicing over in influencing territories and lands and regions. So the wisdom-filled warrior has a voice of distinction that regions recognize. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell this entire story. I've told it here. I've told it several other places across the nation. But you hear what I'm saying? I know that I know that I know. This is a vision, prophetic vision, uh, vision and casting vision message for us, Fresh Start Revival. I know that I know in March of this year... That the, that the gates and the door of the Bonnie Bray House, 216 Bonnie Bray in downtown Los Angeles was opened to pastor and I by the Lord. I know that it was a divine prophetic moment, a prophetic moment. In other words, God was, was, was drawing a confirmation and a parallel of our assignment that we were and are going to be doing here at Fresh Start. Don't call me arrogant. Don't mistake confidence for arrogance. You hear what I'm saying? Hear what I'm saying? The gate to that house was open. The door to that house was open. And we walked into Bonnie Bray Street, which was the catalytic prayer meeting place for the Azusa Street movement. Unhindered, not stopped. Uh, 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 the door was open. The gate swung open. Uh, as I turned the knob, we walked up in and stood on the floors where 15 intercessors began to pray and ask God for more. They begin to shake the, 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 the foundations of that little neighborhood and then they begin to shake the foundations of that city and then they begin to shake the foundations of the United States of America and even the nations of the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That was a prophetic check mark and I have no doubt in my mind a prophetic check mark that he and I not knowing what we were doing walk up to take a picture of the Bonnie Bray house and all of a sudden we find ourselves standing in a place that we were not supposed to be in without an appointment and they told us that it took months and months to be able to get an appointment to go through that little house I said God had a stamp of confirmation to have us stand on those floors and he was telling us he was saying you gotta understand as the man 
house scared the living daylights out of me as he walked out of that back room and the one question I'm not going to say I got fall and one question that he asked me was how did you get in here are you hearing me how did you get in here and I can hear the man from Macedonia calling out come over and help us how do you open gates how do you open doors how come help us shout if you know that's what the Lord is saying today I'm almost done hang on my God my God my God my God my God they busted out of the upper room well, let me just say this. The people in Bonnie Bray Street, I just said, they took a gate. They took a gate. They took a gate. Fresh start. We've taken a gate. You watch where I'm taking this right now. We've taken a gate. We've taken a gate. Let me lead up to that. No, I'll say this. We've taken a gate. Because in March of 2018, as I was lying, trying to go to sleep, and I could not, in March of 2018, I audibly heard gates opening. Thank you for that one clap. I laid there for a moment, and I was kind of stunned, and it happened again. They were large, heavy, iron-type gates. And it was very distinct what I heard. It was unmistakable that these were weighty, heavy gates. And I said, as I lay there, has our raw revival cry at Fresh Start brought us to these heavy gates in the heavenlies? Could it be that possibly others in Peoria or in Phoenix have come to these gates, but they became distracted, diverted by demonic distraction. Maybe they didn't care to press on or maybe they grew weary, as I said a moment ago, of the warfare that came with their prayers, taking them to the gate. So they quit. They quit praying and they said, nope, not going to have revival. Nope, we're not going to press. This is too hard. Could it be as I heard those gates, that these gates that are opening are gates that have been shut for many years that have held back the sounds of Pentecost and awakening. And now they're swinging open because somebody kept a raw cry. And somebody sustained that cry long enough at the gate to dismantle the voice of principality over a region and over a nation. I can believe that today. Because what I didn't realize until just recently as I was restudying these notes, because I have told this story at other places that I preached, talking about gates to cities and regions. As I refigured this, you hear this. Literally, in 2018, that was exactly 12 years from when we felt in 2006 the heavens close over this place. Now, I don't have time to go into that story. 
but there was a dream, that, a very significant dream that I had. We felt the, uh, the, the, the heavens, the, the spiritual heavens close over this place. We had been here since 1997. It just so happens that in 2006, that was, that is, that was when progressive Christianity, as we have come to know, was founded. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you hear me? And all of a sudden, I lay there in 2018, 12 years. 12 is the number of government. Oh, my gosh. 12 is the number of governmental authority. I hope you're getting where I'm going with this today. Because God was waiting on some wisdom-filled warriors. Some warriors that were filled with the voice of the lion of the tribe of Judah that would be willing to speak into gateways and pathways and entrances, shouting and preaching and imparting and releasing regional breakthrough. And then what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I believe with all of my heart that the gates opened. It was March of 2018. We were already at a level of revival, but God had been moving this church into governmental intercession. Stay with me. He had been moving us into governmental legislative intercession. I come to make some things clear today because it is of my perception in the spirit that sometimes, <clears throat> even if you do gather with us on Pray America, you may not understand the depth and the dynamic of what we are doing and why we are doing it. I'm giving you the backstory today. I'm giving you the original call today. And I'm also tacking on that, that God is saying it's time for everyone to answer the Macedonian call to intercession. Let me just tell you this briefly. Once again, this has been preached a few years ago, but you listen to what I'm saying. Someone gave me back in 2000, into 17, going into 18, somewhere around that, a testimony of the ex-satanic high priest, John Ramirez, I believe his name is. Now, whatever you feel or don't feel about that, as I'm not, you don't need to give me your opinion on that. But you hear, I've watched the testimony. I've watched him telling his story. And this is what he says, and I'm going to summarize it. He says it like this. He says, as a satanic high priest, we were given, we were given the responsibility of locking down territories and locking down regions with demonic principalities. He said, I was given the assignment to kill an animal and take its blood and spread it over at the four corners of a neighborhood or the four corners of a region or a, or a nation. He said, I was given the responsibility to release whatever principality that the Satan had told me to release over that neighborhood and over that region and over that nation. He said, once I locked it down with the blood of an animal sacrifice. Are y'all listening to me? On the ground at the four corners of that territory. He said, then I would astral project into the spirit heavenly realm. That means he allowed himself to be attached to a demon and astral project into the heavenlies. And he said, in the heavenlies, I would then with my words, by the power of Satan, I would claim that, 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 that neighborhood, that region, and that territory or that nation for the kingdom of darkness and for Satan. And then I would release the vile principality to rule over that region. I got your attention now and I'm walking around on purpose because I came to tell you, you better understand that we're not just up here doing, uh, saying some prayers and seeing how long we can pray. The devil is serious about your neighborhood. The devil is serious about 
your nation, pastor. He's serious about your family. He's serious about your region. And all the while we are negotiating about coming to pray America, we say, no, I want to wait on the bless me service. I want to wait for the famous preacher to get here. That's when I'll come to church. And all the while your neighborhood is going to hell because somebody couldn't answer a Macedonian call to the intercession. The devil is serious about the street that you live on. The devil is serious about Arizona. The devil is serious about this nation. But he's got a church in this nation that is so sleepy. And I came to wake us up today and say it's time to answer the Macedonian call. Somebody shout. That's what he does. That's what he does. It's what he does. And he does it so he can take the gate. He does it so he can take the gate. He says, this satanic priest, ex-satanic, which by the way, he's been saved for over 20 years. He's been saved for a long time. Yeah, amen. For a lot of reasons. He said, when I locked it down in the heavens and on earth, in the ground, on the territory, when I locked it down at the four corners with the blood and then in the air with my words, it belonged to Satan. I've never been the same since I read that the last several years ago. Some of you have heard me talk about that and maybe even heard his testimony yourself. The devil is serious. Because he understands what happens at the gates of territories. It's where interactions are made. It's where governmental decisions are made. It's where authority is established. Because whoever gets the gate, the devil knows, gets a city. Whoever gets the gate, gets a nation. And all we can do is argue. Come on, church. All we can do is argue. It was like, devil, like, y'all just going to argue and I got the gate. Whoever gets the gate gets the influence. Who's making the most noise at the gate in Peoria? I say, we going to do our part. And a key point that he made, and I'm closing with this. And we're going to pray. And I ask you today, have you heard the Macedonian call to intercession? Come over here and help us. That's what he said. This ex-Satanic high priest, John Ramirez, he said, you must, we must put the devil on notice with the blood of Jesus at the four corners of the earth. The four corners just means the extremities of a territory. So if you say the four corners of the earth, the extremities of of all the nations, or if we say the four corners of America, we mean north, south, east, west, and everything in between. Fresh start, church in America, 
we must go past the call or the idea of just filling up a building. And we must influence a nation with the sounds of revival. There must be a distinct, distinct voice with unrestrained boldness at the gate of every territory. I close with this. We all get ready to do one of those songs. Hallelujah. We have a few around here. Three years ago, I cast this vision of gap on location. I originally thought that like we would all go to a location and not saying that's not going to happen. But I knew that the Lord said gap, what we do at our gap intercession have done for many years now needed to be boots on the ground in territories. I'm thankful to report that in June that via the internet, we had boots on the ground in Washington, D.C. In May, we had boots on the ground in Columbus, Indiana. In March, we had boots on the ground in Roanoke, Virginia. In February, in Stockton, California. In January, Little Rock, Arkansas. This is what we do on Pray America. We make a noise at the gate. We make a noise at the gate. You may think I'm being rude now, but I believe this point needs to be driven home for the purpose of why I'm preaching this today. I'm asking you, can you answer the Macedonian call to intercession? To stand at the gates of territories. No longer, and for all of you who come and visit us, I hope you hear this word today. No longer will we negotiate that Pray America is at, that's the meeting to miss. It's an assignment. There's an assignment. The principalities and the powers of darkness I see the smirk as they just like, we got him again. They don't think prayer is that important. We got him again. They don't really believe that their prayers will work. Or we got him again. We got him just thinking about themselves. We got him coming for the fire turn tunnel, but not to take the gate. I'm thankful today to say that the vision of what God put in our hearts a number of years ago is happening. The internet is allowing us to partner with churches across this nation in different territories in Macedonia. Come on, somebody. To come over and help them. To come over and pray with them. Oh, it's, it's good if I travel or if pastor travels, but I'm telling you, when they can hear you, when they can sense, are you with me? Come on, body of Christ. When they can feel the atmosphere, there's something spiritually electrifying about that.
in our prayer center for those of you who have been in there. And if you would like to have the code for the prayer center, they will be in the foyer today giving out that code. You will have to answer a series of questions to get that code. So don't get mad at them when they start asking you personal questions, all right? Um, we protective of, of, of that. So uh, if you want that code, uh, you've never got it, you can get that today. But those of you who have been in there, many of you have, we have strategically made maps of territories because I will repeat one more time, the apostles divided up the inhabited world into zones of influence and strategically spread themselves to the four corners of the globe. Somebody say amen. If you can stand and listen very closely to what I'm about to say, in our August Pray America, which is just three weeks from today or this weekend, we will be sending, we will be sending people to the four corners of the United States of America. We will cover this nation from corner to corner. As I just told you a moment ago, in case you missed, when it says the four corners, it means the extremities and everything in between. Simultaneously, we will have boots on the ground in the Northwest, the Northeast, the Southeast, and here in the Southwest. And in the name of Jesus, we will make noise at the gate. I said, we're gonna make noise at the gate. I said, we're gonna make noise at the gate. We will put the devil on notice at the four corners of this nation. We will collectively answer the Macedonian call of intercession, speaking into gateways and pathways and entrances, shouting and preaching, warring and imparting and releasing regional breakthrough. We will answer the cry, how did you get in there? We will answer the question because not only are people and churches and pastors wanting to know how did you get into sustained revival? We get that question all the time, all the time. When did you know? How have you kept it going? Not only are we getting those questions, but I'm telling you who else is asking how we got in the principality that was over that region and over that city. How did they get in here? I want the principality over Peoria, over Phoenix, come on, over New York, over Los Angeles. How? Well, the enemy himself. How did you let them in here? I'm telling you how. It's by the blood of the Lamb of higher levels of apostolic operation. Quickly go and pass out those cards. We have represented, quickly, go to the very top. I need some of you to go to the very top. Don't leave the top out. We have all 50 states represented on these cards. Now we've done this before. This is not the first time we've done this. In our conference last year, we had about 30 states out of 50 that was represented. I'm believing that our conference in November that's not just to, just to say that we did, but that we can affect those territories. All 50 states represented. As a matter of fact, I believe that we have, we have uh, 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 Samoa here today. We have Samoa, y'all right here, represented with us. Wave at us, pastors. They watch us every single week. Come on, Fresh Start from Samoa. Or Samoa, I can't say it like y'all do. I decree and I declare that we will shout at the gateways to all 50 states in the name of Jesus Christ. 
we will join and we will link arms with the body of Christ. We will, we will answer the Macedonian call. Come over and help us. How do you get in here? We will link arms. We will link voices of distinction at the gateways of cities. And we will decree and we will declare that Jesus is Lord and the Holy Spirit is the ruling spirit. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.